Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name is Panos and I'm joined by my good brother, Luke Badman. How are you, my bro? Mr. Paniotti, how are we? Very, very good. Thank you. Mm. We were a little bit delayed because of sicknesses, but you are all good and good to go. It was your turn. Yes. Perfect. Yep. Oh yep. my gosh. How, how sucky is that? But um, I'm really excited for you. A couple of weeks away before being- Well, officially fu- we are- um uh 36 weeks today so you know really any time from the next any time from two weeks from today could be all happening we we could be on wow yeah very exciting times for you we shall see 100 (laughs) percent well and also it's been a while since me and you have sat down had a chat since we've had Loads of guests on. Lots yeah, of I missed a couple of, go- a couple of good ones. I, I went back and, and listened to uh, Josh and Josh Moran and Jay Jack. And I was very, uh, other than really enjoying the episodes, I was like kicking myself for not being able to oh, participate no, in We this. missed so, you. Yeah. Well, good news for me. I get to see Josh in a couple of weeks. So um, he'd be coming doing a seminar. So I'm going up to the Sunshine, oh, that's cool. Sunshine Coast for that. Oh, cool. That's right. It's in Queensland, isn't it? Yeah. And there was another one in Melbourne as well. Yeah, right. And um, with Alex Edwards. So um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So I I'm won't, looking obviously to that. won't spoil anything, but when we went and recorded with Glenn and Pat, he did mention that there will be probably a very big name in the international dog space coming to do a oh, seminar. going to be exciting. Yeah. Obviously, we can't say who it is. Not allowed to say. Um, but I think it was like July or August this year. I think said. August, mid-August, he said. Yeah, yeah. So, that'll be cool. So, we're very lucky. It's good because so, I kind of got into dogs during the pandemic. So, I've never really had that. Exp- like, I've been to Pat's. Um, yeah, Pat's is the only one I've been to. For everyone so, like, the, yeah, seminar. When, yeah, his seminar. I, I never had that seminar experience really other than mm. going to Pat's, but seems to be like when it's on, they're, they're pretty regular, right? Oh man. Like, you no, know, I know this year we're playing catch ups. There's going to be a lot on, but a lot of people are hosting. I think more people are hungry for it. So it's going to happen more, but all um, COVID stuff, they were happening pretty frequently. I think like at least like pet resorts was at least having like two or three a year. And there was heaps around the, and the, around the place. And, you know, over the years I've gone, you know, to Queensland and to Victoria and Newcastle, you know, so it's so good to have so much more activity in the space yeah, and giving, giving us trainers an opportunity to network and to learn more and to open our, you know, to expand our horizons and actually to talk about the opposite of what, you know, we're experiencing with the topic we're going to talk about today. Mm. It's just, it's, it's invaluable. Obviously for an everyday dog owner, you can definitely attend the seminars. It would probably be technical, but there's certainly lots to benefit from it. And just to kind of see what what other people can offer, what what people, how other people deal with situations to get to the same result. It's it's really important to keep that mind open. You know, where they say a mind is like a parachute, it only works if it's open. Yeah. And with um 
with with you know talking about you know a topic today about you know dogs unnecessarily and overmedicated is that people have such a closed mind to these sort of situations and if and the problem with all of what we're going to talk about today is that everyone's doing this well most of the people that are on the front line are doing this with good intentions i just think that there's a lot of extra incentive of why you know pharmaceutical companies do what they do and how they influence you know practitioners mm. and everything well we'll get into it eh for sure well like i guess to, to talk about being over over medicated and and unnecessarily medicated is that it comes from of course being encouraged to do it because you know there's a dogma and ideology to follow also if you have a theory i mean so if you have a if you're qualified and have not a qualification what are we talking about from a university like having a degree within animal behavior you would say well i'm a authority in this and you know i'm super smart because i'm basically a scientist because you and, get your papers doctor, on the wall got the papers on the wall i've got the theory down pat so i now have the power to be able to prescribe but it's like but it makes if you only have theory and not any experience it becomes very hard Let, and again yeah. talk, talking about having the good intentions is that obviously it's not like all the vet, behavior vets are like all right cool let's just get rich and you know give this medication out unnecessarily i really do believe it's like no no, no. We, we believe that this is the way to approach this and this is what we're doing like i believe that there is good intention i just also think that there's a lot of holes in it and i guess i will talk a little bit about the cases that i've seen over the just the last within a week two weeks ago which has kind of sparked me to kind of talk about yeah this. i wanted to go back a step so what prompted this so and i'm not going to say any names so there was a client that i went to go see background is that the dog is a grudel mini uh, medium size golden retriever cross poodle eight months old with a puppy is probably maybe 12 weeks at the time 12 weeks old so the situation was that another one of one of our competitors another trainer in the area and you know i know of her she knows of me um so i know how she trains not going to mention any names so she went to the session apparently the dog was losing its mind at her and he was also losing his mind at me as well um so barking his head off he he she thought that he could not be, be helped be trained she couldn't approach him she was overwhelmed whatever um so then she recommended a behavior vet behavior vet then prescribed and had the script already ready, right? So from hearing this, she, sorry, I will go a step back. The dog trainer couldn't help. So then what happened was the daughter contacted me. Wouldn't or wouldn't? Out. What's that? Wouldn't or wouldn't the trainer? Couldn't, couldn't or wouldn't what? Help. There's a difference between mm. can't and won't. I don't think she can and I didn't think she wanted to. Mm. Well, I guess otherwise she would have tried. And it was like from what we experienced, and this is when Ellie came out in session one. So who was coming out to um, shadow me for that week? She, she was at the session too, so she can vouch for it. Like what we did. I'm just going sequence of events. So she saw the trainer and then contacted out to come on the Tuesday. And then on the Thursday, they already had an appointment booked in to see the behavior vet. So it was almost like, and then I think they she booked me in prior to contacting the vet. She then contacted and booked in with the vet. And then like three days, like it was like a Saturday night, she emailed me saying, oh, we've got to behave. Should we wait after? And I'm like, I suggest we do the training first and then we can talk about even if it's necessary um, to do it anyway. So we came out, walked 
it was a shit show. The dog was barking for like 20 minutes straight. Um, you know, I, we could manage it. We could still talk. So we were just having a discussion going through everything. Um, dog ended up stopping, gave him, gave him a couple of bits of food and, you know, not a big deal at all, to be honest. Actually, I didn't even mm. really do anything. I just sat there, ignored the dog and just didn't go overwhelmed that he was coming up and barking at us. Um, even went up to Ellie. Ellie knows what to do. She just sat there like a boss, didn't respond. Dog's like, whatever. Dog just completely petrified, just scared. Scared mm. of people, right? And insecure. You showed him not, that the behavior was ineffective. But there was no aggression. Like I, yeah. I immediately patted him. And even though he he backed up when when I initially made any contact, like not even like three and a half seconds later, I was patting him. He just didn't know what to do. And he'd been reinforced for barking. And there's like a whole situation that we'll go into. But basically, we went through everything. Now, when we brought the puppy down, so we did lots of training, lots of obedience stuff, talking about, you know, collars and rules and boundaries and just all the general things that we do in step one. And we even went for a walk, showed her how to walk the dog, came back. Dog was participating, taking food from me, everything. There was no issue. It was just an eight-month-old standard standard mindset of a golden retriever poodle. However, just a little bit timid and a little bit anxious. I wouldn't say overblown anxiety. I wouldn't say any aggression, nothing. So just to give some context about the other trainer and how if she's listened to this and maybe I should send it to her um, to, you know, if she's struggling with something so basic like this, instead of going, Hey, let's just unnecessarily drug the dog, which is a effect. I'll tell you what happened with the vet, but that was her recommendation compared to just reaching out and going, Hey, I don't know how to deal with this. Can you show me how you deal with it? That's what I would probably prefer as an outcome. And I'll be happy to, to, to participate. No charge. Hey, come out. Let, let let us be on the same page because we live so close. We're, we're serving the same area. There's no point in us being like, I just believe in, again, who who am I to say what, you know, that I'm the authority about what it is. However, the, the facts state for itself that the situation that she saw, the same dog, only a space of like, you know, maybe a week apart from seeing the dog, she thought that the dog was untrainable. And within the session that we did, we were very successful. And anyway, so to continue. I don't want to digress too much. We did the session, gave us some homework. We had the puppy together. He's um, when the dog, the older, I'm not going to say it. When the older dog saw the younger puppy, he did kind of lunge and try to bite him. Mm. I did correct him. So not to people, he didn't show any aggression whatsoever, but to the puppy, he definitely showed aggression. He showed, it looked like it was a social correction, but because the dog's so awkward, he just went over the top. It was way, way intense. Now everyone was on a leash. I was right there. I issued a correction. I literally told him, not to do that. Um, everyone wanted to separate everyone. I'm like, we don't separate. We're just hanging out. Not even. Anyway, so we kept them, you know, in the same room, but like, and I told them what to do, leashes on, crate and rotate, do all the stuff. Dog needs to learn to be outside, not to have so much freedom in the house. You know, you're confusing the dog. You're not fulfilling him appropriately. You're not communicating to him in any way that he understands. You're not giving him what he needs. Of course, he's going to act out. And then on top of that, while we're still trying to teach his young dog how to live in our life, we've added another puppy into the mix, thrown like a spanner in the works, just overwhelmed yourselves. You're emotional. You're fighting amongst each other. It's just, a, it's craziness, right? Mm. Two days later, they go to the vet. So I did, so because I know this, because I did catch up with them again three weeks, two and a half weeks after our initial session. So anyway, that Thursday, two days later after our first session, they went to the behavior vet. And what she said was, this is what, what I was told. Straight away from the report that the other trainer had written or what the 
behavior that had written of a report from the conversation she had with the trainer was that she had all this down. She basically literally had a ready on the table, not even without any assessment or anything. And I can't tell you the drug name, but she issued, you know, administered some sort of, you know, um, like a sedative. Yeah, sedative. I think it's like an antidepressant, de- depressive um, medication that takes about four to six weeks to take kick in. So whatever that is, that's what it is. Probably some mm-hmm. sort of like a, um, SSRI, like mm-hmm. the serotonin mm-hmm. um, inhibitor. So um, anyway, on top of that, she, you know, my client said, oh, yeah, and he doesn't really like walking up our stairs. So she goes, oh, let me like, you know, feel his back. So she like rubs his back, finds that he like kind of like had like a, it was, he flinched or it was a little bit sore, maybe a bit inflamed on one side of his back. So then she goes, he definitely needs like painkillers for like the back pain because that's why he's not walking up the stairs. And I'm like, yeah, right. what are you talking about? So, um, so now the dog's on the SSRI pills and has pain medication to deal eight month old dog <laughs> because apparently that's what's stopping him. And she didn't even look at the dog walking upstairs, not even a video, not even like, let's go see what the dog does at the stairs. Let me see if he's in pain or not. Um, didn't see the dog's behavior. Maybe obviously they, she met the dog in the behavior vet, but like what, but there was no assessment. Um, she gave the medication on top of that. There was no behavior modification plan. There was no information except for a script and how much to give the medication to the dog. So no assessment and no plan of what to do except for take the pills. Like, obviously that makes no sense. Thoughts on that? Here's the script. Come back in a month when you run out and I'll write you another one. And what I said at the beginning, I don't think she's like, aha, I'm just going to like trick all these people to take my medication. Like I do believe that this individual thinks that they're doing the right thing to the best of their ability to be of service. And I just don't believe that it's good enough. I think it's, I think it's, it's lazy. It's lazy. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of criminal in a way. Um, and I'm happy for anyone that's listening. If you don't like this, what I'm saying now, then you know I'm what's happy. funny though? It's like, how, I wonder how many, and like, obviously mental health is a very serious topic, but like, wh- how often is that happening with human doctors? Maybe like as in doctors for humans, um, when someone comes in and they might be quick to write a script for, you know, mental health medication, whatever it is, rather than being like, are you sleeping right? Are you exercising right? Are you eating right? Word. First, because like, you know, like when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? When you have a script pad, like everything looks like it needs a script, right? Mm -hmm. Potentially. So there's parallels there. It's like, are we addressing the symptoms or are we addressing the root cause? Seems more like it's the symptoms. And at the end of this, after we talk about all the the issues that I have, we're going to talk about where and some when it's appropriate, when I think it's needed, and all the things that come with it. And there's like good stories from it as well. So like I'm not going to say that I'm anti-medication. I don't think like no dog needs any medication ever. No human needs medication. But I know people that have gone to the GP. They have now look, maybe there's a look from a good GP, there'll be a bit of a um consideration and a what's the word? advice to say, hey, you should go seek some therapy here, these different services, whatever, 100%. Exhaust those options first. Then, hey, if you're still seeking therapy and being consistent, the medication may help manage your situation. And then maybe at a stage, at a good point, we can start to wean off them and be at a good place because the idea is to live a happy, healthy life without having to take medication unless you need it, right? So, Mm -hmm. 
except we're just giving medication out with nothing, no advice, nothing. Is it, are you even sleeping right? So, like, oh, I sleep three hours a night. I'm like, well, maybe we should start with that. Mm. You know, well, I eat McDonald's every day. It's like, well, you should fix that too. How much you do know, you like sleep? How much do you exercise? And and what's your what's your diet look like? Yeah, and then of and, course, like, and of course, things. maybe you do need medicine, but like, let's start with: Are you living like in a way that's like biologically appropriate? Well, it's exactly like the laid stress model that you know Jay Jack put together, and we discussed it in his episode. Um, was that you know, and just to kind of go over it. And I guess this is where someone could rebuttal it, but it's the the, the lower part of the, the pyramid is health. Then we have um, lifestyle, which is like biological fulfillment activities, et cetera. Then you have clarity, what's your communication like, et cetera. Then you have the leash. What does the leash mean to the dog and how do you utilize the leash within the life of your dog? And mm. is it a positive or negative thing? And then on top is the triggers. Now, I would say we exercise that first and then we work on, well, maybe medication will help because there is a health issue. But if we say, yeah, see, I'm diagnosing anxiety now, we're saying, well, if that's at the bottom of the pyramid, let's deal with the anxiety, then do the layered stress. I'm like, no, let's, I believe, let's go through the layered stress model. Let's work with the foundations, the cause, like doing all the fulfillment, all the things we need to do. And then if we find like, well, because 99% of the time it bloody works now, there are times where maybe I'm saying 99%, obviously that's not a real statistic. You get my point. Most of the time we're, we're not, we're not having to medicate all of our clients that have aggression, reactivity, anxiety issues, because it can be worked on throughout behavior in, modification. In your experience, how many times, so in the, let's say, you know, 10 plus years you've been a trainer, how many times have you done all of the behavioral stuff and then still said, you know, maybe this dog does need some some help with medication. How many times would you say that's happened? It'd be pretty hard to say how many, but I'm going to say maybe like a, a big handful of times. Let's say like maybe there's like, you know, in like 10,000 sessions that I've, that I've, you know, different dogs that I've seen, I could probably think like yeah, maybe 20 yeah, okay. or something. I so don't it's know. like 1%. Actually, maybe that is 1%. Maybe it yeah. is 9%. There you go. Um, <laughs> there, that is our research, people. Um, but yeah, look, like literally, scientific research. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, maybe that's exactly what's happening. By the sounds of it, we have a bit of a discussion. Yeah, cool. Let's give him some meds and see how he goes. It's like so, still walking the same and like housing the same and let him do whatever he wants and like not do all that. It just it's it's frustrating. Anyway, this is this is where the the client had the the penny dropped in her mind. You can see it. I gave him. Everything I what to do, gave him homework, gave him things to, to review. And I regularly kind of every couple of days, I checked up on them to see how they're doing. Because I'm, of course, like, I don't want the dog to bite the puppy. So I want them to do the right thing. Um, I rocked up. Dogs are hanging out together. They've been hanging out since like day two after our session. <clears throat> she, um, they've been walking nicely. Everything's been going good. Been separate times. You can put the dogs outside and close the door. A bit of barking here and there, but before the dog was spending no time. You couldn't put the uh, eight-month-old Grudel outside and close the door. You couldn't do that because he'd freak out. He's able to spend time on his own. We're working on a separation, distress, all that sort of stuff. Dogs are right at my feet. No fighting. I'm feeding. No fighting over food. And that's where I took a photo and put on stories. And I made this little rant about things that we're discussing now. Mm. Um, and um, and she said she goes. It takes about four to six weeks for the medication to kick in. Um, a week after the session we saw with you, 
we were having everything that's happening now. She goes, so then technically it, the medication isn't doing anything because it hasn't even taken effect yet. And we're getting the results. And I'm like, well, then I'm not going to say I told you so or this or that or anything. I'm just saying, look, he's currently on medication now. I can't tell you how to take it off. Do you have to wean off it? Can you just cold turkey it? I don't, I don't know any of that. I don't want to give the wrong advice. So you're going to have to try to make up your own mind about what you want to do. But moving forward, this is what we work on. We worked on some obedience training, went for a walk, and we got the dog and we walked up and down the stairs. Now, I don't, and I know he wasn't on pain medication that day because the chick's like, man, when I give it to him, he doesn't look right. He's probably stoned out of his mind. Mm. So um, put the dog on the collar. There was a little bit of negative reinforcement involved. We walked up and down the stairs. It was after maybe the third repetition. I dropped the lead. I walked up and there was, you can tell now, he took the first two steps like real quick, slipped a little bit because he's all like top heavy and he bet he ran up and then he came back down. But when he got down the bottom, he went really fast again. So from my diagnosis of what I see, I believe dog has gone down that last step out of excitement, tried to jump the third last step, slipped, smacked his knee, probably did a tumble roll and gone, stairs are a death trap. Mm. This way, and also dogs want to rush down the stairs, especially when they're young, they, they struggle with depth perception. So they look at that looking like a cliff rather than steps because steps are pretty weird when you think about it. So, mm -hmm. um, and they're all floorboards, no grip or anything. It's not like they'll carpet carpet. You'd never really see an issue, but those floorboards are tiles, you're screwed. So, um, so that's what happened was always, there was a block is as soon as we got off past that third step, he walked up there fine. Um, I got them to do a couple of times and then she goes, but now I don't really want the dog to go upstairs. I'm like, you can just tell, teach him not to go upstairs, but we don't want to keep him suppressed and scared of the stairs and use that for a way for him not to go upstairs because there's other stairs you want him to go up and down. And also for him to overcome this hurdle builds confidence and trust in you. So everything works. And so. He learns to overcome a tiny little bit of uncomfortable pressure and something good happens. You stress, not distress. Correct. We can, we can change that, right? But what, giving pain medication, is he still going to go up the stairs if he's psychologically blocked by it? You know what I mean? Like- and, and for anyone who medication. Um, for anyone who wasn't sure what you just said, you said you stress, which is E U S T R E double S. Um, no, we no, did an you, episode. <laughs> <laughs> we did an episode on that uh, a while back. If you used to put that put that word in, you'll find it. It's a good one. It was a good time. And I first heard that from Josh Moran when he first said that. I'm like, this guy, I'm talking shit, making things up. Um, <laughs> but it was legit. Um, so that was one of them. But there wasn't like, and what kind of triggered me for this? Because look, you see one here and there. But in the last year, I'm telling you the amount of dogs that are on medication or the vets said they had to be on medication, but then they, but people were uncomfortable with that and, you know, seek their second opinion, which mm. would be me. Um, oh my gosh, it is out of control. The numbers are rising like crazy. Like before I was like, yeah, it's a bit of a problem. Now it's like, oh my God, it's becoming an epidemic. I'm not what, even do you, what do you think has changed? Um, probably just... I think as the industry in the last 10 years has rapidly grown, it's compounding and compounding onto itself. You know, right. it's like the biggest kind of growing industry um, around the world. Well, it was before like, you know, craziness, but I think it's still right. Maybe mm. even to this day in, in, mm -hmm. in, in like, you know, in a recession or whatever you want to call these mm -hmm. times, um, it's still growing. So um, with that more demand, if that means more people are, you know, getting into the field and then, you know, we live in a woke-ass environment that everyone, you know, it really does come down to I'm uncomfortable giving a punishment to a dog, giving any form of punishment, any sort of pressure, any sort of, you know, we'll call negative feedback, quote-unquote. Right. Um, and so let's just drug him instead. 
because we can't tell him no. Like, don't bite the puppy <laughs> and give him a correction and tell him no. And you use your body language and you tell him you're not allowed to do that. And a week later, they're playing. It's just like, what the hell, man? Tell the mm. dog no. Hey, guys, it's Luke. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment out of the podcast to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, obviously, we don't just do this show just to hear our own voices. We love the fact that you guys take the time out of your day to listen to our episodes each and every week. And on that note, if you are enjoying it, we'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to leave us a review or a rating on your favorite podcast listening app. So whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you could hit pause on this episode and, and go and leave a review or a rating on the platform that you're listening into, we'd really appreciate it. It helps other people like yourself find the podcast uh, and helps us to reach more listeners and, and hopefully grow the show and grow the community around it. So we'd really appreciate it if you could. And thanks for listening. No one says grab the dog, light his hair on fire, put him into the washing machine. Like, I'm not saying abuse him and torture him. Mm. I'm saying just give him a correction and tell him you're wrong because he was trying to tell the puppy that he was wrong about getting too close because he was scared. Yeah. So like, what the hell? Now I'm not saying because someone does something to you, you should do them back. No, I'm saying speak in the language and use the communication that the animal and the species knows. Mm. Um, so when I saw another dog, like two days later, we had been tra doing training even from a puppy, but, you know, bless the girl. She's soft natured and, you know, she wants a little staffy to be awesome. And I think he can be awesome. And, you know, anyway, so she wanted to get searched for different advice because she, maybe she was feeling a little bit uncomfortable about issuing boundaries and following up with, you know, the structure and the rules and everything. So, um, you know, the advice given, again, no behavior modification, medication, um, just, you know, good luck. And she's like, well, it's not working. My dog's still, you know, you know, reacting to other dogs and still a bit scared. Mm. Um, and he's still stressing out when I leave him outside, like all these sort of things. And we went through it and we went through what we need to do. And it was good because we hadn't seen each other for a long time. And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember those things. And I just wasn't consistent with it for it to become habit. And now I yeah. can see what's happening. And and I'm like, well, like it was happening yesterday that the dog was reacting. Right now is sitting right next to a dog that he's ne never seen before. Actually, he had seen Chili before, but it was a long time. Um, and we walk past the dog that he always reacted, but now he's not. I'm like, you just got to be clear about what you want. Work on that clarity piece. Work on, you know, you know, she she says that she he lets the dog just grab the ball whenever he wants and play. I'm like, no, no, take the ball away from him and tell him we're going to regularly train together. I'm going to fulfill your terrier nature. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to show you rules in amongst that. I'm going to show you where when I put you in the crate, you got to hang out so that you don't jump on my friend. When you are out, I'm going to put the leash on you. And doing all that basic stuff, you know, has been working I, I, from what I hear. And also, she's like, maybe I can start weaning off the drugs. I'm like, do what you got to do to wean off them and see. And if it's a real issue and if you find out you're doing the exact same thing without medication, you're getting heaps worse behavior, then maybe it's, your dog needs to be on the medication for a bit longer and you have to work on some stuff, right? Otherwise, I don't know. It just doesn't seem feasible to like drugging him forever. Um, well, that's the other thing is like, so let's say you put the dog on drugs, but you don't like, again, that just treats the symptoms. Yeah. It's not treating the underlying issue, let's say. Um, 
And sometimes it may seem like it works. Eight months old, dogs acting up, medication for a year, dogs around 18 months old, settling down a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah, the medication worked. I'm like, well, you just need to let the dog mature. Yeah, it's like, so like, but what happens? What's the plan? Like, you're just going to keep that dog on the drugs for the rest of its life or like you you take it off and then what? It goes back to the original behavior? Like, it doesn't change the- but it also shows how shallow a dog is. Of it, right? What you just give him some meds and now he's fixed. Like you're kind of like having a crack at. I mean, what you're kind of um disrespecting the process of, you know, this we'll call it the science. You know, like we're talking about being theory based versus experience. It's great to have the theory, but if you're not getting your hands on dogs and seeing real aggression, how the hell do you even know what you're treating? Mm. Like, you don't even know what an aggressive dog is. So, like, how can you say, yes, this is how you fix that behavior? Now, if there's some dogs that are clear. So, let's go through these kind of couple of points. i got when is medication needed? So, when I feel that we've exhausted all of my options of what I do, and I'll say, go see this person, he may help you. And sometimes I'll recommend, recommend somebody, another trainer, who specializes within, you know, that, that area. And we start to see results. I'm like, now you need to tell me what they did so I can utilize that. And then a lot of the times I'll be in contact with that person. It's has, it's been a while since that's been the case. Um, but there's times, for example, where I would recommend him, um, a dog to go do a board and train at canine evolution three or four weeks, work on heavy duty socialization, because for whatever reason, it can't be fulfilled by the owner and, you know, time and skills and everything is lacking. And sometimes a dog needs to have a real positive, like flooded experience of, you know, being neutral on dogs. And then when that dog comes back, I'm like, cool, what do they do? Like, look, Panos, what they said is everything that we have been doing. They just got to do it 10 times a day and really drill it for three or four weeks yeah. to really get there. It's the and volume, now, right? Yeah. And now she's still keeping up. She'll still see me coming to group class. And now if you, if you walk past her in Cronulla, you wouldn't even know anything's wrong with that little Kelpie, no meds, no more, we'll say training by like other professionals because she's like fulfilling the dog, doing everything it needs. And so then we do that first. And if you feel like we're trying all these things and nothing's really working, maybe we should try some medication, speak to somebody. And I have somebody that I recommend that I had recommended. And I'm going to read a little bit of what she's um, said. Um, it's like real briefly about um, the conversation she had with my client. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to get her on because, and I only just thought about about that just before we started the Zoom call. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn it, we should have had somebody on <laughs> so that we can have this conversation. But it doesn't matter. We'll make another episode and we'll reach out to see if she's comfortable coming on. But um, so where'd I go with that? Where'd I go? Um, Bring all right, it back. Cool. <laughs> Bring it back. Whoosh. So when is it needed? When I saw, okay, so let's talk about with my client. Um, his name's Justin. Dog's name's Louis. Kelpie and you okay, yeah, that's what I was saying. So once you exhaust all the options of other trainers and other methodologies, and you want to know what has worked, what hasn't worked, you want to reach out and be like, Hey, when you did that thing, like, yeah, okay, oh, that's interesting, cool. All right, I'm definitely taking note of that, and I'm going to see how that plays out working with other dogs. And you got to experiment with other things. And um, because some dogs, there's a there's just some dogs that are an, an anomaly, right? That they're just not the 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 run of the mill every other dog that you see. There's so many situations you can do with your eyes closed in a way that it's very routine and some dogs will be a little bit different so when we started working with louis when i saw him when he was young puppy he just looked like a ordinary kelpie 
But then mm. there'd been a lot, many years that went by and when we caught up again and we only did puppy stuff, so we didn't really do anything past like five months old. And when I saw him probably like three years old or something, like, I mean, just wired, like would be, mm. would like he's just, he's meant to be working for real, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Black and tan, solid um, body, but you can just see like he's just like, like something inside of his eyes. It's like, wow, even if you could work, I reckon he'd be like, he'd go, either he'd probably be like really good with the drive that he has or he'd be loopy and like not be able to focus on a task. Yeah, he's like just, loses clarity. Yeah, he's just like, and you can just see something's running constantly behind his eyes. It's like, <laughs> so um, loads of training, come in a group class and Justin was fed up. You can see how frustrated the poor guy was. And um, anyway, so I say persistent. They got to a point where it's like, Anyway, so before we got to the, the final straw, I'm like, look, let's find a good recommendation of a behavior vet that can help us um, with this journey. He spoke with her. She did a full concert. She wants to know everything, everything. I'm going to say her name real quick. I'm going to give her a shout out and I will be reaching out to get you Dr. Michelle Russell. I'm sorry if I've not oh, said that correct. Is that the lady in Melbourne? I think so. I'm going to pull up yeah, everything Russ, now. I'm so like sorry. Russell, I should have done that. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I follow her on Instagram. Okay. I'm so um, sorry, Michelle. I should have done a little bit more yeah. research before dropping your name and I'm waiting for my internet connection to turn on. Um, so um, so anyway, should they in Melbourne? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. awesome. Um, um I can't remember if she had her own thing, but I, I know she's been on quite a few episodes of Brad Griggs's podcast. I think they have quite a they have like a working relationship, the two of them, you know, like they either sort of help each other. Well, it's typical because it's from the quality of work that she did and like just the way she conducted herself with Justin. And I was like watching it because I was like CC'd in them. Um, watching like a full rap sheet of what's going on. She had the Zoom call with him, going through everything, what to do, what sort of um, supplements as well as medication to go on. Yeah. Um, taking time for it to load on, you know, working on behavior, like, you know, just I'll quickly just because I'm not going to fully read the email or anything, but like things like consider blood testing, um, talked about training plan, home management, Increasing frequency of reward, keeping training sessions short. Um, you may discuss, discuss external markers with panels, utilizing the finish cue, and at home reducing free access to toys, pen or crate, reducing his diet, putting him on a, you know, all these things into the car, training with the car, working on the crate. Again, I'm just quickly going through and just job pointing. Yep. Just that alone just shows exactly what it is that you need if somebody's going to be giving drugs to your dog. It's like, all right, cool. Like, what are we doing? in conjunction with trying to influence his physiology, how we're mm-hmm. going to help change his psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and talking about you have a feeling, the feeling becomes a thought, the thought becomes the behavior. And I'm sure there's a lot of confidence within that. But if you're going to use the drugs to change how the dog feels, then you need to guide them about how to act. <laughs> so that way that they can do the thing. Like, isn't that what we're looking for? Yeah. So, um, so having just that and watching that unfold, like that, and the dog that I had considered, um, that I recommended be on medication was probably like a year and a half before that. And this was only like six months ago. So it's like, it's not happening that frequently. And sometimes you may see more than others, but, um, but you can tell that the meds had helped with Louis, you know, just that look behind his eyes. I don't know how to explain it, but like that anxiety, that that intense buzzing of a brain, you can see was settled. Now, Lou, um, Justin was still frustrated at certain things, but so much better. 
bees like me, like I can't like live like this. Like I'm not going to walk like three in the morning and like avoid dogs, but because like massive intense, like dog reactivity. Um, and like, and, but can be with a dog. Like it's just intense frustration, intense insecurity while being on the leash. Bad things that happen while the dog's been on the lead, dogs attacking him and stuff, I believe. So um, I think that was a big trigger as well. But, um, mm. but anyway, once I, I'm like, and he was resistant to the prong collar. I'm like, look, we've done everything except for you doing a board and train because it is expensive situation. And we tried other things first and we agreed. I looked at him. I'm like, I think he would not go well in a kennel environment. Um, so what, um, what was that? What made you say that? I just what? think he'd just be too highly strong. Yeah. Um, and I thought let's work on this because I really do believe that this is like what I can see. I can see that the dog needs help. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see him anxious, mm-hmm. anxiety, Heaps different, right? Um, uncontrolled anxiousness and just stress. And um, and and on top of it, when it's hard to walk the dog, then you do less of the walking. And like, it's a snowball effect, right? So right. we need to kind of cut the pattern somewhere. But he was still like, mm, frustrated. I'm like, look, he goes, and he was talking about possibly rehoming him, et cetera. I'm like, listen, okay, we're getting to this point now. I'm like, let's put this prong collar on him because I know that this is like the final piece to your puzzle. Put that prong collar on and let's just walk the Esplanade in Cronulla. And he's like, whatever, let's go. He's just like, you do whatever now, man. I've given up. I'm like, let's go. Now, when I say given up, he's better from where he started, but still not where he wanted to be with mm. Louis. Mm-hmm. Went for the walk. I showed him the prong collar. On that day, he purchased a prong collar. Three, maybe four days later, he's like, bro, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even talking shit. I should even bloody pull up the- What, the, what was his- And, like, let's talk about because I think this, this is- um. Super quite important. common. Like, um, what was his other than just saying I'm not sure about the prong collar? Like, what was the reason he gave? Just where, you know, the uh, look, look or thing. where did yeah, he get that look. information, or like no info. Just no. what is that thing? Oh my gosh, are you serious? Are you even like my dogs that screwed up? Like I've done everything, and now I have to put the thing on him. You know, um, I'll read it out to you, Justin. I hope you're happy with me sharing this information. Um, I mean, we, it's just a first name. We don't like have his address or anything. That's true. His name's I mean, not even do. Justin. I don't. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, yeah, yeah. hey, panels, just thought I'd, and I did not ask him, how are you going? He messaged me. And this is on Wednesday and we had a session. So this is literally a week ago, seven days later. Okay. Hey, panels, just thought I'd let you know that I have had incredible pleasant walks and training sessions with this new collar over the last week. He's responding really well to it and the other things we talked about. Hopefully things keep positive. Thanks. And I'm like, yeah, oh my God, this is awesome. And he's like, it's more walks compared to before. Been working on tricks, commands, mainly long lead in the park. So now he's like doing stuff. He's going cool. back to doing all the things because he can do it. Now I reckon over the neck, and this is the guy that helped us. And this is in January. So okay. not even that long ago. So, um, and he was the one who consulted with Michelle and, um, and I'm sure maybe. So my next thing here is like, when do we get off them, or how do we wean yep. off them? Yeah. And um, and I think maybe I would say a year, maybe a year and a half. I don't know, something around there. And I guess yep. the doctor should kind of say when's the right time, especially with someone who has freaking experience and understanding and asking and giving asking the right questions and giving the right advice. She may um, be able to say something a bit more accurate. But I think about a year, 18 months of just consistently being on the meds, consistently doing what you're going to do, and then slowly went off it. But I wouldn't do it six months' time and take them off. I think that's a little bit too soon. If you're going to mm-hmm. do it, do it, right? But again, someone may say six months is perfect. If you've 
created new pathways in the brain and done new behaviors and uh, achieved new behaviors and created more of a structure. And also, you know, I don't think the prong being on him prior to the meds would have been good for him. I reckon he was so highly strong. A little tap on that thing would have just like sent him off. Okay. Um, hence so why I didn't put it on him prior. Yeah. So I think the medication helped with managing him along with all the things that he had to do. He was able to do more of them. And then the pinch collar just kind of icing on the cake to be like, man, I've got the control over him. And again, you have to appreciate that some people just don't have the best control and timing. Um, yep. and intensity of using the leash. So, you know, the way that he uses the slip weight, I'm like, man, like that's just, oh, come on, let's fix that. But with me, <laughs> I'd be able to work on it. So it's just, it's hard. So the prong collar just helped him be able to be more clearer with, with the leash and communicating to Louis. And, and Louis uh, a better life. if Mr. Glenn Cook is listening to this episode, he hey, bro. referenced, so he referenced our last episode with Fiona, where she talked about the power steering. And I'll mm-hmm. say it again here. It's like, that's what it is. It's power steering. Glenn was saying on their latest episode, like, it's like he he, uh, he and uh, and Boyd were the first ones to ever refer to it as in that way as power steering. Yeah. That's where that kind of saying has come from. Well, and, and for, for Justin and Louis, it was exactly that. He just didn't have the strength to be able to do a full turn on that old school car, pulling those. And I've, my first car didn't have power steering. I know the feeling that you got to really use the accelerator to get that moving. I've Where- driven those. I've driven my, de- uh, when I learned to drive 20 years ago. Old man. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I remember my dad's dad had a, like a Toyota Hilux at the time, uh, like an old one. <clears throat> And there was no power steering in that thing. Uh, and it was manual. It's actually a really good, really fun car to learn on because it was like- It's, it's you, just you so important. Like, you had to like, you know Be what engaged. I mean? Like tame the car basically. Yeah, like it wasn't exactly. easy. You couldn't drive that thing with one hand like we do these days. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's exactly that. So it's that, that was really cool. Um, yeah. I think that's what I wanted to say. I thought it was going to be more ranty than I-, than I um, yeah, maybe when you today. maybe when you put it in your phone as a topic, you might have felt that way. But like, I just get mad know. when I'm like, I see it. It's just annoying. And then you know, talking about it, we're trying to be nice people and educate people, and you know, and we're trying to call people out. And I guess we've done it pretty politely. Um, but I'm calling you out. If you don't like it, that's cool. Let's have a conversation. Put someone who 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 I am calling out like the type of person who would literally give medication and not give any behavior modification. If you do that and you're triggered by it, we need to have the conversation to know where you're at. Hopefully, if you're that person and someone sent you this episode to listen to and mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, those are really good points. Maybe I should start you know, um, implementing that within what I do. And hopefully the industry changes a little bit for it to become a little bit, we'll call it holistic. What a shitty word to use. <laughs> That's been overused, right? But um. But yeah, to be unnecessarily and over-medicated, I think, look, people like you're talking about dogs, bro. How about how many people are overly medicated and unnecessarily medicated? So I know that's a that's what I was saying, right? I was like, yeah, people like saying earlier, like, yeah, like, oh, the dogs, of course the dogs are. Look at all the people are. So I think it's part of me wonders whether it's like as we medicate more and more humans, is it becomes more normal? Is is it yeah? Is it just normal to just write a script rather than sit down and be like? What's really going on here? And look, I'm all for Western med- um, medicine. I'm I'm all for. It. I like to keep an open mind, and I think um, if you can remedy these situations in a more natural and, you know, we'll call it 
is like a natural way. It's natural to do training. Is that natural compared to like medication? I would medication? say that might be the word you don't like, which is holistic. Yeah, holistic, damn it. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> mind it. I just know that people are like, oh, holistic, you know, like every, you know, but, it, yeah. but it is. I think it's, it's, it's true to what needs to happen. So, you know, um, if you see it, call it out. If you see a dog that's like, mm, that dog looks a little bit weird. Um, we'll, we'll see how we go over the next month with a couple of like, you know, one or two sessions. Yeah. And I mean, two sessions, I would say in a month's time, if I see a dog that I'm like, mm, about, I would like to do a session. And then in two weeks time, do another session. If, but generally I kind of give it like three or four weeks if we're doing obedience training, give you some time to work on stuff. So if I see a situation like that and I'm like, oh man, you, you, we're walking every day, we're doing the training. And I look at the dog and I'm like, your dog looks normal. Cool. He's not riddled with his anxiousness and and stress and unsh- un- pent up energy and sh- unsure of what to do and flying off the handle for nothing. Mm. I guess if I see it's like, look, nothing's really changed. I'm like, you're doing all the stuff. Let's see what you're doing. And I'm like, hmm. I wouldn't, I would still not be in session two, like your dog needs to be on medication unless I can see it and be like, your dog needs meds, bro. But that's what you would say about a dog that you assess. And it's like, like when I remember it was years ago, this one dog, he, uh, the daughter had the dog, American Safi cross something. The chick had a baby, dog was like mental over the baby, one, like not good, very aggressive. Mm. So then, so then the elderly parents who just retired, literally just retired that year, now have the dog that no one can come over. They can't appreciate, can't have any visitors over. They go, we want to travel with this, that. Now we've got the dog. And, and so that their situation was bad, number one, because like they were like not planning on this. Number two is that that dog was so intense, so aggressive. And like just you can tell that there was, there were screws loose. You can just tell. And I see a lot yeah. of aggressive dogs. Well, you those, can tell. Those, it was like what you were saying earlier, that look in the eyes, like there's just, it's like there's something not there. And like in now, I'm sure we could have worked on him. But in the current situation that he was in, I'm like, no, no, no. We need to find someone who's experienced and has a space and has the time and blah, blah. Then we can talk about, but who are we going to rehome this dog to? Like no one can get anywhere near him. They somehow, after biting you multiple times, he's now accepted you after over the last six months. It's like, what are we going to do? Who are we going to put in danger for him to be looked after? Mm. And now you can see this dog in this situation and doing the the work that we had to do. I just knew that I'm like, look, not even I'm not even talking about let's medicate the dog. I I, I recommended that, that that dog had to be euthanized. Um, so that was like one of the the, the That's cases. A tough of, conversation. It was a tough one. Like we all understood, but also I guess my point of why I brought this up was. You can tell generally if a dog has like a medical issue or something like that, you can kind of have the, a, a good feeling of it generally when you meet the dog. Mm. Even though you will still exhaust your options. In this case, we didn't exhaust any option because he was a danger to everybody and they couldn't contain him. Like there was like, there was a list. Like I know it's very seldomly do I say the dog needs to be put down. So mm. there was like, he, he failed every single thing. It was like, it was lucky that he was still in that backyard. Um, well, actually, he did not like being in the backyard. He was in the backyard because I <laughs> went to their house. So, I guess in that situation, you can kind of tell. And you can tell if a dog has, you know, an underlying kind of actual medical issue. And you can kind of tell with some people too if they haven't, if they probably need medication. It's like, wow, bro. Um, over the last year, man, it's the same. In the last two years, three years, ever since I've known you, it's the same cycles, man, the same situations. Like you need help. And if you've been doing getting the help and it's still not working, bro, like let's consider it. It's not, it's not failing to take medication. Um, it takes a lot of 
for some people, it takes a lot of strength to be able to, you know, accept it. Whereas for some people, it's their first go-to. You know what I mean? So it's very complicated. Yeah. Um, and it's like a very to complex have this, topic. Yeah, I'm gonna ha- I think we should, and I'm going to reach out, have this conversation with someone who does actually prescribe medication for behavioral issues, and I'd love to go heaps deep on it. So we should end it there before I just start rambling on about some other crap. Um, but I really appreciate you all for tuning in and staying with us and on this important topic. Um, if you have any feedback, please let us know. DM us on Instagram, Life With Your Dog podcast. Um, yeah. And- thanks for listening, guys. Yes, thanks for listening. Much love See to you all. next time. Bye-bye. Boy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training my website npdogtraining.com or my youtube channel nutris pooches thanks for listening guys my name is luke if you'd like to find out more about my dog training services you can find me at www.kizuna that's k-i-z-u-n-a canine c-a-n-i-n-e dot com dot au i'm also on instagram at kizuna canine training thanks again and we'll see you next time